Adventures of Sabrina, Chapter 5, Dreams in a Witch House. A mysterious demon wreaks havoc on Spellman Mortuary. Sabrina goes rogue and puts her powers to the test. This is kind of like, not exactly a bottle episode, but it's a very contained story and I like it. Well, it sure feels like a bottle episode from what we've seen so far. Well, I mean, it's all taking place in the house. So that's that's why I say it's kind of a bottle episode. It feels a little unnecessary as a story. You say that, but... Having seen the whole series, some of the things that show up here get called back later. Uh-huh. So it's not a complete throwaway. Okay. All right. So we start with Zelda and Hilda in their bedroom. They're, you know, getting ready for bed. Hilda's already in bed and she's reading and she's just laughing and being silly. And, you know, and Zelda's giving her really annoyed looks. And, you know, Hilda's just like, oh, you know, it's, it's just rather good. There's only one book you should be reading, sister, in light of your excommunication, our Dark Lord's Satanic Bible. And Hilda just kind of brushes this off and they, they talk about, you know, it's nice to have Sabrina back. And Hilda is thinking about taking a job in the bookstore at Dr. Cerberus's. And Zelda's like, are you talking about that lunatic trash peddler who dresses up like a vampire? Yes. Mm-hmm. And then they hear screaming and Sabrina runs in. They're like, what's going on? And Sabrina's like, I solved the puzzle, the Asheron configuration. A demon's free and now it's loose. What kind of demon? They just kind of go on and on. And, you know, the the aunts get up. They put their shoes on and, you know, they like, okay, we got to put them her back into the configuration. So let's go. What kind of demon? A demon demon. I don't know. A bad one. (laughs) I don't know everything. I've been a witch for five seconds. Um, So they leave through a secret passageway, which, okay, I do follow all of the actors on Instagram. And one of the things that they've discovered is that them as a cast don't even know where all the secret passageways are in built into the set. (laughs) So all of a sudden they will just open up a panel and they're like, huh? Because their set is massive. It's this huge soundstage. Wow. So like all of those, like there are things that are interconnected and they, they don't even know what they all are. That's fun. So, which I think is hilarious. So they just kind of open up a little panel and go through. We see Ambrose is down in, uh, and he's about to enjoy some alone time. He's got a magazine. He starts uh, pulling the drawstring on his pants. And, and it's they... an old school like 60s muscle magazine, <laughs> which is super cheeky. It's cheeky and I love love it and you know they're all you know running and they interrupt him and he's like what is going on what the devil is going on it's not a devil ambrose it's a demon (laughs) and so they all get together and so they they go to the center of the house and they they hold hands and like okay we're gonna trap the demon in the house so it can't get out as this is happening we see the demon's hands on the stair they're very long creepy fingers with super long cat-like fingernails. It's really creepy. And then we hear the demon. 
Ah, you're his family, aren't you? My captor's kin. You smell like spellmans. Uh, and so then Zelda's like, hey, we sealed you into this house. We only we know the incantation. So you're not going to be able to leave. Demon is like Edward Spellman imprisoned me in the Asheron puzzle for 70 years and I will not be caged again. You know, they yell, you know, what do you want, Hellspawn? I want revenge on the family of Edward Spellman. Did you have to ask love? That's <laughs> <laughs> fair. You know. I love Hilda in this episode. She's phenomenal. And so the demon's like, all right, you know, you're not going to let me go. I'm going to fill you with sublime nightmares. And she turns on the radio and it's dream a little dream of me is playing. And so that's an ongoing thing consistently through this episode, which is used very well. I enjoyed that a lot. The witches discover, oh, it's a sleep demon. If, if they put us to sleep, we're at its mercy. Thank you for stating the obvious, Hilda. But not to worry, it won't get its chance. And so Zelda suck, holds up an urn and they suck the demon into the urn and then they say a couple more things. And Zelda's like, and that is how you trap a demon. <laughs> so we cut to them in the kitchen and they're making tea. A nice pot of calming tea might help soothe all our nerves. My nerves are perfectly fine, sister. Which is more than I can say for you lot running around like headless chickens. Sabrina is just like, well, I guess Father Blackwood has to let me into conjuring class now. I solved the configuration. And Zelda says, okay, but you also learned a valuable lesson. Don't go opening a magic box if you don't know what's inside it. Good point. Which is a fair point. And Sabrina raises the question, why would my father trap a demon inside of it? Well, I do remember him saying he had terrible insomnia, but we always thought it was a metaphor. Yeah, he would say that there was a sleep demon, but they're like, oh, well, clearly not. And he got the better of it. And Sabrina's just confused. She's like, well, surely he would have known someone would have opened it. She just basically lets me like, this is weird. But my mom was the key to solving it. She's very proud of herself. Yeah. And like, you know, and Hilda even goes, says, huh. Witches couldn't solve it, but a half-witch could. Isn't that marvelous, Zelda's? Yes, it's divine that Sabrina's duality almost got us killed. <laughs> on par. All right, let's finish our tea, have a little foxglove to help me sleep. Let's go to bed. So now Hilda is tucking Sabrina into bed. She's snug as a bug in a rug. It's like, you know, what would have happened if, you know, we hadn't trapped the demon? Oh, I mean, it wouldn't be aware of this, but I imagine she would have lulled us to sleep, separated us so their dreams couldn't cross over, and then plagued us with horrific dreams. She could torture us, and then one broke ranks to unseal the house to set her free. But you don't want to think of such sinister things before to bed. Night night, darling. And then, (laughs) and as Sabrina drifts off to sleep, we see that. It's not Hilda putting her to sleep. It's the demon. Uh-huh. And then that there's also everyone else has been put to sleep and they all have this skeleton metronome at the ends of their beds going tick tock, tick tock. Then we see Wardwell. She's in the mirror that she did the weird thing with last time. She made a magic mirror. She made a magic, you know, looking glass, if you will. And she sees the demon. Batty Bat, is that you? Who? You know me. Look closer. And Batty Bat, who is the demon, looks at Wardwell and realizes, mother of demons. That's right. You abandoned me. You left me to rot inside the configuration. And Wardwell warns Batty Bat, you do not harm a hair on that child's head. And so they kind of go back and forth. And Batty Bat takes out a giant knife. She sees Salem. Here, kitty, kitty. And Wardle's like, Batty Bat, don't do it. And Batty Bat takes a knife and breaks the mare. So that we, so we cut off that connection between Wardwell and Sabrina. There's no more looking glass. 
So Wardwell needs to take some action. <laughs> yeah. She's like, yeah, I want her tortured, but um, this ain't going to be how it happens. No. The Dark like, Lord has plans for like, her. Yeah. And also, we like, she can't die. Fatty Bat even curses the Dark Lord here. Mm-hmm. Like, whoa. Yeah, like, screw him. This is ridiculous. She needs some revenge. So we cut to Baxter High. And the weird sisters are at Baxter High. They are in cheerleader uniforms. It is now Sabrina's dream. Sabrina's dream. And so we're going back and forth. And and they come and say, don't even think about running for prom queen. That crown will be ours. And they walk away. We see Nick Scratch is in a letterman's jacket. He looks very cute. You like Nick Scratch. I do. I like Harvey Kinkle. I mean, I like Harvey Kinkle. He's very, very hot in this episode. <laughs> I'm very pro Harvey, but Nick Scratch is just, he's a nice flavor to add to the mix. Okay. <laughs> like, I enjoy it all. But he's there and he says, you know, ignore them. They hate you because of how beautiful you are and how effortlessly charming and how funny you are. And it infuriates them. And I was going to ask you, and then Harvey pops up and you know he makes faces back and forth with they're like what's up kinkle hello you know nick and (laughs) like it's definitely some male territory bullshit harvey wants to talk to sabrina in private it's really important and i've been thinking before too much longer we're going to be applying to different colleges and who know what who knows what he proposes to her a flood of red light spills down over them you're my everything i never want to lose you and i think it's Roz and Susie as soon as you go down go oh my god yeah they're like (gasps) (laughs) <laughs> they're, they're into it. So then we cut directly to the Spellman kitchen and Zelda and Hilda are very stoic sitting right next to each other. Don't do it, Sabrina. You're a witch. He's immortal. Worlds that are and will always be diametrically opposed. But mom and dad flouted convention. And where are they now? They're both dead. D-E-A dead. <laughs> and, and what about nice, handsome warlock Nick Scratch? We're barely friends. We just met. And they just go back and forth, and Zelda just gives a final warning. Marry him at your peril, niece, but hear this. Your attempts to conciliate your duality will only bring you pain and suffering. And then Hilda is very stoically eating what appears to be a (laughs) Pop-Tart. It's adorable. It's probably a biscuit, but okay. And it's a British biscuit, but it looks like a Pop-Tart. Then we see Sabrina is in her mom's wedding dress again. Oh, with a... Dark, dark wine, burgundy lipstick. Yeah, she's doing some really good Betty Draper drag. It's gorgeous. Beautiful. Suits her well. There's a reason why she was cast in that show, aside from, you know, being adorable and a good actress. (laughs) And then we see Harvey's getting dressed. They're like in an attic and he's in a tux. He looks really nice. (laughs) And they go back and forth. Sabrina tells him that she's a witch. And he's just like, I feel like I already knew this. Like, I'm getting deja vu. She... You know, tells him, well, I already told you, but I made you forget. And he goes, well, I feel like I've already known. So I love you. And I always will. And I want to make you the happiest woman and witch of all time. And Sabrina goes, is that enough? Mm -hmm. Your family isn't coming tonight. We're doing this for us. Yeah. All right. Then we go to, it's wedding time. Nick shows up and says, you look stunning. I'm stunned. And he has a broom in his hand. He's like, Don't do it. We should be together. A witch and a warlock. We can hop on this broom and fly off and never look back. He loves me. He knows what I am and he still loves me. So, yeah. 
than a bouquet of black flowers. It's half it's half dark flowers, half light flowers. Ah. And it's her dad. And he's walking her down the aisle. And one side is all the Greendale people. And one side is all the witch people. And if you didn't figure out this was a dream already for some reason, her dad showing up is probably the biggest clue. Yeah, that, that should have given you like, yeah, this is not actually happening. Hawthorne is at this wedding, which yeah. is just bizarre. Yeah. And Faustus is overseeing. He's, he's performing the wedding. He's so earnest. It's very creepy. And then, you know, while they're in the middle of the ceremony, the miners come in and it's Harvey's dad and his brother, Tommy. As soon as Blackwood says, is there any reason we should not join these two in unholy matrimony? Yeah. So they're, they come in and they're just like, kill the witch, kill the witch. What are you doing? And then Harvey goes in and starts choking Sabrina. Uh-huh. And he starts repeating, you know, thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. And so they... Then they trap Sabrina in an Iron Maiden, and we see blood coming out, and she's just crying and screaming. And then Batty Bat comes out. His poor Spellman, rejected, tortured by the mortals you love. Tell me, does it hurt? Are you in agony? Tell me the spell that unseals this house. And Sabrina says, no, no. Okay, not now, but soon I'll be listening to your cries. And so we keep hearing, kill the witch, kill the witch, kill the witch. And then Batty Bat is distracted by Salem again. So we leave that scene and Batty Bat is, here, kitty, kitty, I won't hurt you, kitty cat. Where are you, kitty cat? So then we see Ambrose. It's Ambrose's dream. And so Ambrose, like, he sees cat, like, here, kitty, kitty, that's all it takes, isn't it? Little humdrum thing that you are. Oh, and then we have Hilda comes and finds him. She's like, oh, Ambrose, there you are. Come on. We got a body. It's been stabbed, you know, by all reports. Really? By who? I don't know. A spurned lover? I don't know. Nothing. You know, it's a tragic shut-in. He lived alone. Poor creature. And so then they're down in the embalming room and they're unzipping the body bag and we open it up and it's Ambrose's body. Mm -hmm. And Ambrose is like, doesn't he remind you of someone? And Hilda's like, no, should I? No. Anyway, I'm off to the parent-teacher conference. conference. I'll leave you here to do the autopsy. (laughs) So then the dream a little dream comes on again, and Ambrose is starting the autopsy, and... He's got the little bone saw. Yeah, and he's kind of starts going a little crazy, and he op- he's opening the cavity, and he's like, a fellow of infinite jest, of most excellent fancy. Tell me, what did you do? What was it all for? He takes the heart out, and he tries to eat it. What are you doing? What- Hilda, Hilda pops up again. Yeah, Hilda pops up, and she's like, you know, what are you doing? You know, like, how does it taste, your heart? And Ambrose says, bitter. Okay, well, never mind that. The high priestess come to see you, so clean yourself up. Come on. That's new. Yeah. Ambrose, like, cleans himself up, and he... He goes into the hallway and he runs into Wardwell and he's like, are you lost? Yes, I I believe I'm in the wrong nightmare. And she like (laughs) starts wandering off. The thing I love about Wardwell in in these instances is that she's just so goofy. She's our comic relief, which that's not a character that has ever been used for comic relief. And I love the switch here. This is one of the most random moves for a evil villain character ever and it's so funny it's so enjoyable i think i am in the wrong nightmare so Mm -hmm. goodbye (laughs) so we go upstairs and ambrose meets with faustus and they say that they've met with the infernal parole board and the charges brought against you by the church of night have been absolved you're fine you can leave, you know, here's money for expenses and new clothes. And there's cars waiting, waiting outside to take you to the airport. So Ambrose is so excited. He's changed his clothes. He's getting ready to leave. He sees Hilda. And then he goes outside and gets stabbed. 
Stabby, stab, stab, stab. It's batty bat. It's batty bat. So now we go back to the scene, only this time we're the corpse. Uh Uh-huh. We see the whole scene with Ambrose again as the corpse. So we're looking up, we're seeing Hilda. And we hear his voice screaming out from the body. Mm Mm-hmm. He's like, wait, don't leave me. And then Batty Bat comes in and and says, you know, poor pitiful creature trapped in existential solitude forever and ever. Tell me the spell that unlocks the house and I'll end your lonely torment. And Ambrose is just like, nope. And so Batty Bat says, all right, she's gone. But I'll be back when your will is gone and your tongue is loose. I bet you'll be the first one to break. Yeah. Or the (laughs) bubbly one. Mm-hmm. It's Hilda's dream. So now we see Hilda. She's. It looks like she's eating like marshmallow fluff on a spoon. Like she's playing. <laughs> she's just being goofy. <laughs> and so she she gets a phone call and she goes, "Oh, of course, Principal Hawthorne. I'll be there straight away." So then we cut to Hawthorne's office, and Hawthorne has a confession to make. He did not invite Hilda there to talk about Sabrina, but to say that he admires how involved she is in her life. And he's he's interested in her. The second this scene started, I just started giggling internally. I mean, okay, Bronson Pinchot is adorable. He's very attractive. And him playing flirty as this character is so fun. Uh-huh. It's so good. So he, you know, he's flirting with her. He's like, I want us to have a tete-a-tete. Please call me George. Will you let me cook for you this evening? To which Hilda's like, no one's one's. ever cooked for me before. (laughs) And he takes her hand. It's super cute. And then we cut to the back of the house and Hilda's getting ready. And Zelda is being horrible. He knows you're a virgin, right? (laughs) Uh, What do you think of this one? Vile. You're going to have to put out, you know. If you don't have anything nice to stay, just stay out of the way tonight. First floor, off limits. And of course, you're just like, what is the saying? You can't polish a turd. Devil of Zelda, be supportive for once. <laughs> Don't you ever want me to be happy? You've never wanted me to live my life. I'm sick to death. Of, I'm sick of it. I'm sick. And she smacks Zelda's face. And then when we see Zelda again, her mouth has basically been shown shut. Uh-huh. It's very creepy and gross, but I love it. And Hilda just looks at her and goes, that's much better. Bitch. Yeah. <laughs> So now we go to another room in the house. I guess it's like a solarium. It's very, uh, it's got a lot of plants. And Hilda is eating, but everything on the table is like jellies and like fruit custardy things. It's very weird. We get this really weird story. Zelda is just complaining about Zelda and she goes, I'm sorry. And do you have any siblings? And Hawthorne says, I had a brother, but he was stillborn. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. And so then we hear the Dream a Little Dream song comes back up. I mourn the man he could have been. Mm-hmm. So Hilda keeps drinking and now she's drunk. As they get back upstairs. She's like, I haven't been this drunk since Queen Victoria's coronation. I woke up on the banks of the Thames naked. <laughs> oh, I think I'm going to be a bit sick. I'm going to do this. And so she's walking up the stairs on her hands and knees. And then she gets into bed and we see Batty Bat. Sleep tight, my angel, my salvation. And then she kind of like wakes up into another scene and she's there with Hawthorne. And he says, you know, mother said I was such a naughty boy because I absorbed my brother in the womb. I ate him, my very own brother. I galled him up like a greedy little piggy. And that was when I went, Bronson fucking Pincho for the win. And then he just goes, <laughs> which is subtle and creepy and amazing. He's like, I've carried this burden with me all my life. 
Uh, I never thought I would find love and connection, but then it turned out all I needed was to meet somebody who was the same as me. So then he pulls up his shirt and he's like, I want you to meet my brother, Bob. And we see this weird face, stomach thing that's absorbed into his body that's clearly alive. And then like the outline of an arm, it's making noises. And Hilda's just like, oh, nope, nope. She's going to puke. She tries to get up and she realizes that she's next to Zelda and they have been stitched together. Uh huh. And so now she's on the, they fall on the floor. She's trying to get away and Batty Bat comes in. Oh, poor Hilda. Tell me the spell that unlocks this house and I'll separate you from your dark half. <laughs> Gross. But awesome. Oh, it's so amazing. awesome. It's amazing. And now. Now we get to go to Zelda's dream. Zelda's dream. I think this one may have been my favorite. <laughs> because of how extreme Zelda can be, I, I, it was really fun. So Zelda is in a parlor and she's reading to a bunch of children. But of the fruit of the tree in the garden, the false god said, Ye shall not eat it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye shall die. But Eve did not die when she ate the fruit, children. No. No, of course not. The false god lied to Eve. Because he desired to keep her naked and ignorant in his garden. But our Lord Satan, inhabiting a snake, gave Eve knowledge to set her free. Oh, my God. Okay. (laughs) It's Dark Sunday School. It is Dark Sunday School, which is so fun because, I mean, I grew up in a very Southern Baptist home. I'm just like, well, this is a different version of the story. And I enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. It's very, very ridiculous. So Zelda's continuing to read the story to them, and the weird sisters appear. And they tell her that the Dark Lord has decided to dine with Zelda in her home. Tonight. Tonight. So Zelda is so excited. Go get Hilda. Tell her, you know, the Dark Lord is dining with us. Can you imagine? And Hilda's like, oh, I'll lay on my vegetable pie then. That's always a winner. You know he's an avowed carnivore. Oh, pity we don't have time to fatten a calf. Should I nip to the butchers and see if we can give me a roast? And Zelda looks at this one child that has been stuffing his face with chocolate and says, no need. There's a choice morsel close at hand. Isn't that right, Fergus? So next thing we cut to Zelda putting what look at first looks like a turkey in the oven, but it's clearly a child's head. Oh, you can see the the hair on the child's head. It's It's a head. It's cartoonish enough that I'm fine with it. Yeah, it's fine. (laughs) Then the bell rings and it's Dark Lord and it's Faustus made up to look like the Dark Lord. So he comes in and it's just like, what have you prepared for me, daughter Hilda? Oh, it's a vegetable pie, Dark Lord. Does it contain onions? No, Dark Lord. I know you don't like onions. Hmm. What have you prepared for me, daughter Zelda? Made your favorite, Dark Lord. Roast child. (laughs) (laughs) And the Dark Lord says, is this a Christian child or a child of the night? It was the plumpest child I could find, Dark Lord. But he was a child of night. And with our numbers depleted, daughter Zelda. But isn't roast child your favorite dish, Dark Lord? I will only eat one dish tonight. Hilda's vegetable pie. Oh, the horror. So Zelda is heartbroken and just so insulted. So she picks up her roast child dish and she walks it into the kitchen. And she's watching Hilda just be so having fun and just like, oh, hello. So lovely, like just being Hilda. They do this perfect thing with this scene of immediately you are eye rolling at how silly it is that this is her nightmare. Yes. But then as it goes on, you start to empathize because you understand how it's it's not just about the Dark Lord, it's about all of this faith and status mm-hmm. for her. Yeah. And you start to see that breaking down in her. 
Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's all about maintaining status mm-hmm. and favor. And with Hilda, it's, it's not a big deal to Hilda. Except that that's not the end of this nightmare. No. So Zelda's throwing a fit in the kitchen and the Dark Lord leaves and Hilda's just like, oh, like they dance together. And, you know, when he leaves, she's like, oh, goodbye. Don't be a stranger. And Take dream care a now. little dream pops on the radio. And Zelda walks into the kitchen and hits Hilda over the head with a shovel and picks her up and takes her outside. So then she's cleaning her hands and the Dark Lord comes back. And he says, where's Hilda? Am I my sister's keeper? I don't know where she is. Don't lie to me. I am the father of lies. You killed her. Isn't that so? I'm sorry, Dark Lord, but you don't understand. It's a little game we play. Punch and Judy. She'll come back, you see. Hilda always comes back. Not this time. This time she's gone forever. And this horrifies Zelda, and she's heartbroken. Like, this was she, so good. It was so well done. Because I thought it was going to be over after that first part. Like, mm-hmm. I thought that was going to be the thing that tormented her. And I was no. like, no, it's losing Hilda. Yeah. And so she she's, like, horrified. She's she's down on the floor crying. And Batty Bat comes in. She's like, poor Zelda. Tell me the spell that unlocks this house, and I'll bring her back to life. And we've forgotten to mention that Wardwell has shown up twice in other dreams now. Yeah, but she's just like, it's just she's in the background or like, she's just kind of like, okay, and keeps going. She's trying to find Sabrina. The one in Hilda's dream is the most adorable when she pops in in the middle of the meeting between Hilda and... Oh, I missed um, that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I missed that in my notes. She does, while they're in the office, she pops in and she's like, I'm looking for Sabrina. No? Okay. And then just leaves. <laughs> and just like stares, starts to leave, looks back and goes, what are you doing? Whatever. I've got other things to do. Yeah, it's very silly. And we've also seen cut back to Wardwell is in her living room levitating. Like she's, it's it's like she's meditating. It's meditating. It almost feels like lucid dreaming is what she says later. Yeah, I think that's what she's doing because it it seems more like astral projection than anything, but lucid dreaming is probably exactly what she's like dealing with Mm -hmm. right now. So now we're back to Sabrina crying in the Iron Maiden and Wardwell shows up. They're like, what? What's going on? Okay, you need to calm down. You're dreaming. It's Harvey. Harvey did this to me. Okay, we don't have much time before Batty Bat realizes I've been trolling her domain. Who? Who's Batty Bat? She's a sleep demon and she manipulates her victims in their dreams. She's torturing you until one of you tells her the spell that unlocked the house or you'll all go insane. So I'm going to wake you up and you must get out of the house. You have to run as fast as you can. And Sabrina's like, but what about my family? And Wardwell says, self-preservation, my dear, is the only thing that matters. Miss Wardwell, how'd you get in my dream? A gin clear mind, self-induced sleep, and clear intent, Sabrina. I need that Um, on a t-shirt? Yeah. Please. Yes, I'm going to use that a lot. How do you do that? A gin clear mind, self-induced sleep, and clear intent. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's, it's, it's the evil version of clear heart, what I can't lose. <laughs> Whatever the stupid saying is from Friday Night Lights, and I hate that show. Don't at me. Okay. I'm going to wake you now. You shall feel a prick, but remember my words. Get out of the house. Don't fall asleep. You only have one chance to escape. All right. So then we see Wardwell back at her home and she lowers down to the ground. So she wakes up and she goes and grabs her Sabrina voodoo doll. Mm-hmm. And she takes a pin and she pricks her hand and Sabrina, you know, starts screaming. She wakes up and she sees her finger bleeding from the prick. And then she hears Batty Bat and hides under her bed. And Batty Bat comes in and is looking for Sabrina. She's She realizes that she's not in her bed and she goes searching for her. So Betty Bat goes and Sabrina sees the Asheron configuration next to her. So she grabs that and she goes to find Ambrose and she sees the metronome and she, she tries to stop it, but it zaps her. And she's like, fine, I'll use your books. <laughs> she gets the book. She finds, she finds a, 
uh, spell exilium. Exilium, it's banishment. And then she sees Salem. Okay, I know. And we figured out that Salem is talking to her. Yes. When he's meowing, she understands what he's saying. So we had not previously understood this. Which is very cute. It is cute. I, I do kind of wish we got the sassy talk talk, but whatever. Meow. I, I know, I, but I have the Asheron configuration. I found a spell to banish her. Meow. But I do know her name. Miss Wardwell told me she's Batty Bat. And that might give me an edge. But I have to confront her, Salem, and I can't run and leave my family to be tortured by her. Right now, my best shot is to surprise her. So Batty Bat is still looking for Sabrina. Sabrina gets the Ashron configuration and she starts doing this incantation. And she's, you know, she's trying to get her back in there. And Batty Bat comes in and says... You're not half the witch your father was. You're no witch at all. No power, no conviction, no will. And with three other spellsmans in my thrall, you child may die. So Batty Bat smashes the object and slashes Sabrina's arm. Like she she takes her claws and slashes her. Sabrina cries. Salem goes after her. And Sabrina goes to the side of a door, says open sesame, and goes through another secret passage uh-huh. and gets away. Salem comes in after her. And now she's in Aunt Zelda and Aunt Hilda's room. And she's like, come on, I need your help. You know, I can't do this on my own. And then Salem's talking to her. She goes, I don't know, Salem. I need help. Wait, I can go back. Yes. I know Miss Wardwell said not to go back to sleep, but if I were quick enough and focused enough to lucid dream, I could go and come right back. Well, for starters, I have to put myself to sleep. Okay, so now Sabrina, she's downstairs. She's looking through bottles and we hear Batty Bat going, where did you go? You cannot escape me. <laughs> and Sabrina's like, oh, what is it? What is it? And Helder uses it to go to sleep. Foxglove, got it. Of course, I know too much will kill me. So I have to take just the right amount. And so we hear more kitty or kitty, kitty, kitty from Batty Bat. Sabrina Grabs foxglove, she takes kitchen timer and goes to the embalming room. Yep. And she's like, okay, well, it's risky, but I'm going to hide in plain sight. I'm going to need your help, Salem. So Batty Bat starts walking through the halls and comes upon. And and comes down to the embalming room and she sees Sabrina standing there. Mm -hmm. And she's like, all right, naughty girl, you should be in bed. And Sabrina starts running. Okay, you can run, but you cannot escape me. But the way... That Sabrina ran. I immediately knew there was like this stone face and this kind of lope run. And I was like, that's Salem. This is adorable. When I first saw it, I didn't instantly know. I knew later that, okay, it has to be Salem. I knew it was Salem just because of how much. And it's so great that Kiernan managed to pull off that. What would a cat look like if it turned into a human Mm -hmm. to try to run away? So, yeah, so she runs away, and then Sabrina pops up off the embalming table, because that's where she was hiding. She goes, so cute. A gin clear mind, self-induced sleep, and clear intent. Here goes. Two minutes exactly. She takes the meds, sets the timer, and, go, and, and goes back to sleep. Drift. So now she's awake, and Sabrina goes to Zelda first in her dream, crying. And she's like, come on, you gotta go, and... Zelda's like, she's never coming back. This is a nightmare. I was always so cruel. Hilda's alive and and sleeping next to you. It'll be fine. And I I need you to tell me how to defeat her. I treated her like hell. I'm sorry, Z, but I have to leave you. This will all be over soon. (laughs) (laughs) She runs to Hilda's dream. And she goes, Anhilda, what has she done to you? Cut me free. Anhilda, this is a dream. The sleep demon, this is her doing. She's torturing you. And Hilda's able to focus enough to be like, uh, well, it's the embodiment of nightmares, so you have to trap her. A nightmare is just a dream gone sour. 
So how do you trap a dream? My my familiars can help. Your spiders? Of course. And so she starts to leave. Don't leave me with her. <laughs> yeah. So then we when we go to Ambrose's room. Ambrose, cousin? Cousin? And, and whenever Ambrose talks, it's both corpse Ambrose and alive Ambrose. <laughs> In perfect unison. It's great. <laughs> There's a sleep demon named Batty Bat on the loose in the house. You're dreaming this. I am? <laughs> but I have a plan and you're going to help me. Tell me what to do. Shut up. You distract her. <laughs> okay. So off Sabrina goes. Batty Bat is still and, chasing down Salem Sabrina. And all of a sudden, Sabrina stops and beg girl, beg for Batty Bat's mercy. And then Salem turns back into Salem. She put a glamour on the cat? And then we hear Ambrose yelling, demon, I'll talk. I'll tell you the spell that unseals this house. Please come. Please end this torment. I'm so weak. All right. So they, so Batty Beck goes down there and she starts talking to corpse Ambrose. Okay. The spell is complicated. Very ancient. Sumerian. Ostrogoth. Okay. But how do I break it? You have to chant. Standing on one leg. Waving your hands, hands in the air. <laughs> Enough. What are you doing? Silly demon. I'm distracting you while my cousin escapes. No. Spellman. And Batty Bat like blinks herself to another location. Well, she's back in the real embalming room now. Mm-hmm. So she's come out of the dreamscape. No. She's not in the embalming room. She's upstairs now. Oh, is she? Okay. No, yeah. Never. Now she's back in downstairs. Okay. And she starts walking around. Where are you here, little girl? Oh, Sabrina. Sabrina's standing in a doorway to like the parlor. Oh, child, this little game has come to an end. And we start seeing all these big spiders, all of Hilda's familiars. You think those spiders can save you? Not even the Dark Lord can save you. And Sabrina starts yelling, and Zelda, whatever you're about to do, do it fast. So they start doing an incantation again. And Sabrina's got... What looks like cat's cradle in her hand. She's got she's got yarn, and as she's manipulating it, the spiders start encroaching around Batty Bat and creating a web and creating a web, and and she's getting stuck. And we keep we keep doing an incantation because the incantation is a flashback of her remembering how you trap mm-hmm. a witch, yeah, so or a demon rather. So then Sabrina says, you know, dream catchers don't trap dreams, Batty Bat. They trap nightmares. And so basically at this point, Batty Bat has become mummified. And Sabrina says, sometimes the oldest, simplest magic works best. Fuck yeah, Sabrina. And all of the metronomes stop. Everyone bursts awake. And they're all yelling, I just had the most vivid dream. Yeah, so did I. Sabrina! (laughs) The ants are running down. And... Next thing we know, we're in the kitchen, and Zelda is closing a lid closed. With a bunch of red dust in it. Not as intricate as an Asheron configuration, but a jam jar will do just fine. (laughs) And uh, Hilda is mending Sabrina's arm. You know, how does it feel? Better, Aunt Hilda. Ambrose is very sunken. Very sad looking. Everybody looks very, very emotionally drained. (laughs) And Hilda says, you know, um, I owe you an apology, Sabrina. For for what, Aunt Zelda? When you came to me in my dream, I was lily-livered, hysterical, cowardly. It was only a dream, only a terrible dream. And Hilda's like, so you walked through all of her dreams? Yeah, uh, but I, I can barely remember it. It's so fuzzy. So fuzzy. She takes a long beat before she says that. She is lying her ass off. Uh-huh. And because they're all kind of looking at each other like... Oh, I don't... Because that's their worst nightmare. Yeah. You know, Ambrose doesn't want to die alone. As sweet as it is, and as mean as Zelda is to Hilda, her worst nightmare is her sister dying and not coming back. Like, 
which is very sweet. And for Hilda, it's kind of the same thing, but she doesn't want to be held back by her sister. She wants her sister to be supportive for she once wants, in her damn She wants life. to be able to grow and have her own life. I mean, she loves her sister. She loves Zelda, but she needs to be allowed to grow up and she hasn't been yes. allowed to have that. So that's that's fair too. So, you know, they all kind of like leave it and then we get our very first cell phone of the series. <laughs> so they, with the way they've stylized the show, they've really played with the, it feels very 60s, it looks 60s, but they've kept all the cars very retro. And until we saw, Am- we saw Ambrose's computer... But even that was such a quick thing. This is the first time we've seen a cell phone be used. Because everything else has been pay phones, which is great, and landlines. And so Harvey has no shirt on. Mm-hmm. He's getting a phone call, and it's Sabrina. She's like, you know, I need to ask you something. And he's what like, time is it? You'd never hurt me, would you? No, of, of course not. We're just so different, the two of us. And Has, you know. has something happened? No, I just had a bad dream, that's all. I'll see you at school tomorrow. Civics with Wardwell first, right? With Miss Wardwell. So Sabrina, it's like something clicks in her head. Uh Uh-huh. We cut to a knocking on a door, and Wardwell opens her door. Sabrina, why, it's the middle of the night. What can I do for you? And Sabrina just looks at her like, you can start by telling me the truth about who and what you are. And Wardwell just kind of takes a breath and kind of opens her door further and is like, you'd better sit down then. (laughs) At first, she's she's like, can I lie? Can I lie? No. She's got me picked. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> There's no way for Wardwell to pretend she's not a witch. Not after that. Like, she definitely doesn't have to tell her that she's the mother of demons. No. But she's clearly at least a witch. You showed up in my dream, so explain yourself. And you were watching me through a mirror, so you know some shit, lady. Come on. Cuss it up. End uh-huh. of episode. Fun stuff. Like I said, it does feel like its own weird standalone episode without any further context. True. But I think you'll see that some of the things that show up here will get called to later, which I really enjoy. A plus. Nice Especially stuff. after our, our shit show that was the last episode. This is a nice, nice catchback to, to what we like about this show. Let's get back to the actual problems of these people who happen to be witches. Yes. All right. Until next time. Hashtag... Praise Satan. Satan.